Great. Am I on the air? Never can, I can never work these things. <laughs> Good. Nice to see you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to be welcome, isn't it? Is there anybody here called Sheila? going to pray for you, Sheila, um, both, both Sheilas, yeah, okay, just felt God uh, put on my heart, pray for Sheila, so um, we'll do that in a minute, so I'll do that in a minute. Last week I, I brought a friend of mine, uh, Joel, he asked me if I'd try and help him in prophetic things, and he said to me um, when he was coming over here, he said that uh, he saw the number 888 three times. And to be honest, I carried on with the, t the teaching and, and what have you, and I forgot to introduce him and uh, let him say that. But um, the number 888, that we pray for someone who lived at number eight, that was, you live at number eight. And he also said that there was a lady here who'd, um, who bought a padlock that day, or bought a padlock, and she'd set the number at 888. Who, who was that? That was you. So that's quite amazing, wasn't it? So it was an encouragement for him and encouragement for you, encouragement for me. Sheila's, would you stand up, please? <coughs> Nothing spooky, but uh, don't worry. I want you all to stretch out your hands towards them. Are you... Um, can I ask you at all, are you in need of prayer particularly? I know we all are, but are, is there any particular thing you struggling physically or anything? You're struggling with what? <coughs> okay. All right. Well, let's believe God to touch you, shall we? Who's in faith for that? Yeah. Come on, let's not just pray a Lord bless her prayer. Let's ask God to get hold of her. What about this lady? You're the same, chronic fatigue. Right, come on, let's, let's pray. I'm going to pray to start with, and then I want to... No, we're all pray together, and then we're going to ask God to powerfully meet these people, right? When I say three, you pray in tongues, you pray your best prayer, you pray as though you're praying for your, li your life to be saved, all right? Okay, one, two, three. Now in Jesus' name, we speak to any infirmity which is trying to weary this body, tire these minds out, tire these bodies out. In Jesus' name, we tell it to go packing in the name of Jesus. And we command, we speak the word of God, that times of refreshing would come on this lady, Sheila, from the presence of the Lord. We pray, Lord, touch this lady. Pray for her. She says she's had fatigue for years. We pray in Jesus' name, break its hold, we pray. Break its hold. Go on, break its hold now. 
break its hold off of this frame. Break its hold. Break the hold over this life. And let this life be touched, touched, touched by the power of God. God will say to you, well done. He's pleased with you. He's actually pleased with you. He's pleased with you. You condemn yourself and put yourself down. Think, I'm not worthy. I'm not very good. I'm not this or the other. And uh, God wants to encourage you tonight, Sheila. Put his hand on you. Say, well done. Well done. Well done, daughter of heaven. Well done. Amen. I had a, a message from Terry Virgo um, yesterday. He was in London with Rambabu. And uh, he said they saw just astonishing healings, amazing healings, and people touched by the power of God everywhere. We must believe God more and more to, um, to break in, mustn't we? We must believe it. Is there, are there people here tonight, I'm sure there probably are, people who are um, struggling with arthritis? Okay. I had a... Uh, all right, just you stand up where you are. You can stand, can you? <laughs> just, just stretch out your hands towards them. And let's pray and ask God to break its power over these lives. Come on, all pray together. Don't, don't hold back. Kira bata bata khrende, kira bata bata ndo, kira khrende khri ki toshi khrete, kira bata khri ti de bata bata bai. Pida bai. We speak to these conditions in Jesus name. Break the power of this arthritic pain as it were over these bodies. We pray for the healing and restoration, the anointing oil of God to come on the joints and on the bones and the shoulders and the necks of these people. We do pray on the spines of these people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Is there somebody here tonight with a, with a pain in their, in their neck? Somebody got a pain in the neck? All right. Oh, it's Paul Endersby. <laughs> It's not, you, you, get me right, Paul, a pain in the neck, not a, <laughs> it's not you are a pain in the neck, it's not you, no, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, and uh, I also see somebody's uh, left shoulder, is there somebody with a struggling with their left shoulder, uh, like a sort of a locked shoulder, okay, and I can see somebody with, I don't even know how to describe this, it, but it's like a sort of a, a weird sensation across your left eye, a sort of like a heaviness or a, some sort of pain or something across your left eye? Is that anybody? Must be me then. <laughs> okay, so we're praying for, we're going to pray for you, Paul, and people stretch out their hands towards this lady here. What's your name, sorry? Alison, stretch out your hands. And also to Paul Endersby, my friend from many years. <laughs> Although he supports the wrong football club, but never mind. <laughs> but they're doing better than mine. 
Here about the Hred, the Kitty Petapatante, here Kilapatapatente, Tarabodo here about the Patapante, Pirabodo Riadahreti, but about Bishele Petapatunda, Carabatoreti, Kitty Petapatanda, Parabodo Dintepi, but about Babysit, Pirabeta Petapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapetapet
No, the idea is to hear what God is wanting to say to us. And as we, we learn that, then we start to learn more and more to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey him. You all did really well last week with what you were doing, but I realized that I left and didn't give you any instruction of how to follow on. So does that make sense? Okay, you've all got your notes, have you? Bought them this week? Because now I want to, um, I want to carry on with how actually different words come to us, how words come. And it may be, it may be that for many of us, the words come in different ways. Maybe we've just stereotyped prophetic ministry. Maybe we just, we've seen prophetic ministry of, I think we got some more notes, by the way. So if anybody needs a copy of the notes, where are they? So let's get the notes out, first of all. <clears throat> if you can bring your notes, then it means we don't have to run them off each week. Everyone got them? If you haven't got them, then you just have to share with somebody and, or take notes. Maybe, maybe people think, well, I'm, I couldn't um, be prophetic because it, it really is somebody standing up and saying, thus says the Lord, dot, 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 dot. You think, I'm not like that. No, I'm not talking about that. I would think that Many of you here tonight are, can easily hear God, all of you can, through the Word, and, and, and many of you are probably more prophetic than you give yourself credit. And um, we're going to look at the ways, the different ways, biblical ways in which God speaks to us. The first, and these aren't all in a particular order. If there was an order, I'd put meditating in the Word of God right at the very top, but this is just my own sort of list. And uh, the first and um, different ways I see of God speaking in the Scriptures, the first way is what I would call, and it's almost a leadership gift, this, but um, so what I would call a prophetic encounter. And uh, you've probably never heard of that. Most people haven't. But um, in 1 Samuel 16, let me tell you what it says. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, And this is Samuel the prophet, he's been sent to Jesse to choose out one of his sons who's going to be um, a king of the nation. And if you look at verse 7, it says, so, so Jesse's been asked to bring all of his sons to the party, as it were, before the prophet... And in, in verse 7, it says, it says this, The Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then made Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen any of these. And so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? 
They're still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him. He had him brought in. He, he was ruddy with fine appearance and handsome, had handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. It would have been very easy for God to have spoken to Samuel and said, go to Jesse, and by the way, his eldest son is to be king. But he didn't do that. He said, go to, go to Jesse and get Jesse to bring all of his sons. And the first one, Eliab, whatever his name was, he stood up. He was very tall and impressive. And even Samuel was confused. He thought, surely this is the Lord's one. And as he went to lay hands on him and pour the oil, God says, no, it's not him. Then he went to Shammah, and uh, thought, well, it must be him. And he went to pour the oil on him. God says, no, it's not him. Then the next one, no, it's not him. No, 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 no. Bring all your sons, seven of your sons. No, 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 no. Now, at that point, you think to yourself, somebody's got it wrong. It's either God or it's me. And if you're working in the natural, you think, well, go back to the first one. Ha <laughs> ha, it was you after all, only joking. And you pour, you know, say, right, let's do it that way. But Samuel didn't do that. He dare not do that. He said, are these all the sons you have? And um, Jesse looked around and said, well, <laughs> um, well, the there's, there's, there's the kid out the back. Yeah, I, I suppose you can call him a son, David. And it, it's a derogatory term. It literally means the least one. You know, he's, he's just out with the sheep. And I said, yeah, all right. Yeah, he, yeah, we do have another one. And Samuel said, well, go and get him. And David comes in, and he's got his sheepskin jacket on. He's playing his guitar. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by. He, and he comes into the party. And the minute Samuel sees him, at that moment, God says, he's the one. Anoint him. And it was something about seeing David. It was then that God spoke to him. Now, I don't know how this works, but it works at a leadership level. Sometimes you can see people, and you can almost read the spirit in them. You can see, my word, the hand of God's on that person. I remember going to India some time ago, and uh, all the way through this, this uh, meeting, I was just drawn to this one guy. And I, in the end, I, I said, look, could you stand up? I said, I, I believe God's hands on you, and uh, he wants to put a rocket up, you know, behind you. <laughs> he wants to put a rocket behind you and, and move you more, you know, into his purposes. And I could see the leader sort of nudge his wife and laugh and uh, they said, we've been saying that to him for the last sort of few weeks. We want to bring him into eldership, but he keeps saying, oh, I don't really think I'm up to it. And uh, I came in and said the very thing which they'd been saying all along. And it's something you can read in the person. You can see it in them. You can see sometimes their bright eyes. You can just read their spirit. And quite often leaders can do that. You can think, whoa. I know Terry's often said to me, wow, he's an impressive person. Well, that's a bright person. You, could, you can see something about them, the, the stature or the measure they carry. And uh, as David came in, it was at that moment God spoke and said, here's the one. 
Then I would say, this is another thing, I would say there's, there's what I would call a prophetic ferret. <laughs> a friend of mine, um, Ray Lowe, is a bit like this. Um, so let's give you an example. Just have a look at Joshua chapter 7 and verse 16. He said, early in the morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by the tribes, and Judah was taken. The clan of Judah came forward, and he took the Zerathites. He had the clan of the Zerathites come forward by families, and Zimri was taken. Joshua had his family come forward man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmel, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken." It would have been very easy for God to have um, said to Joshua, by the way, Israel have fallen because of one man, Achan, now go and dig him out. But he didn't. He said, Israel have fallen because of a sin, now find out the person. So he brought all of Israel in front of him and then said, right, now we're going to narrow it down a bit, tribe by tribe by tribe. Tribe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, number eight, come over here. And then within that tribe, we're going to bring you forward clan by clan by clan by clan by clan. Okay, number 21, clan 21, come over here. And so suddenly the group has gone from tribe, from nation to tribe to clan, now within that clan, come forward family by family. Family one, two, three, number 27. Family 27, come over here. And each time the group is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Right, family 27, come over here. Now come in front of me one by one by one. Maybe there were 20 in this family and they came forward one by one. One, two, three, four, five, and then Achan is about to walk in front. I wonder how he felt. And at that moment, God says, he is the man. And the whole thing is exposed in front of the nation, Israel. And he's taken, and as you know, stoned in the valley of Achor. He's stoned because of his sin. It had been very easy for God to have picked him out, but he closed it down bit by bit by bit. A friend of mine... Um, Ray Lowe, he operates a little bit like this. People come up and they say, oh, uh, I've got a bit of a problem and um, not quite sure what it is. And he has a very good way of ferreting it out. It, well, it's not that you haven't been baptized. It's not that you're not giving. It's not that you're not praying. It's not this. Actually, your problem is you've got dirty books under the bed. Actually, or, or, or it's not this or it's not that. He has a way of just ferreting through and picking on the actual issue of what it is. It's not obvious straight away, but you sort of work your way through. And some people can do that. They can, they can work their way through and um, then see it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. Actually, the problem is tithing. Actually, you've never believed God for this. Actually, you've never believed God in your giving. Actually, you've never been baptized. Actually, the problem is you're watching too many late-night movies or something or whatever it is. And, you know, it can close in a little bit like that. That's exactly what happened here. It's not that clan, not that clan, not that tribe, not that tribe, not that family, not that family, not that man, not that person, that one. And I don't know what you call that, but I've called it a prophetic ferret. <laughs> then I would say um, visions and pictures. Does anybody here ever, ever 
Has anybody ever had visions or pictures? Go on, there must be lots of people around, okay? Anyone like to tell us about it? Yes! Stand so we can hear. Okay. Could you give us an example of that, Rob? Had a big... Excellent. Okay. Do you remember that, Ken? Yeah, Just about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. When I uh, first went to South Africa, I, I went with um, Terry Virgo, and we, we had um, a meeting with Simon Pettit, um, and he gathered a whole load of pastors. He gathered them in a McDonald's, would you believe? That we were going to speak to this crowd in McDonald's. That's how they do it in South Africa. And and Simon, he said, right, he said, I just want you to get into pairs about three or four, no, no groups of three and four. And he said, I just want you to pray with one another and uh, just see what God's saying. And I'm with these two guys I'd never met before in my life. And as I'm praying for this one guy, um, I just see a massive, great big rock. And it's a strange picture, but I'll tell you what it is. I saw a massive, great big rock and I saw a sword coming and just chopping away a third of the rock and moving it to one side. And I struggled with it. I thought, that's, that's ridiculous. I don't understand it. Swords don't chop up rocks, and uh, I don't understand it at all. And, and I battled with it. In the end, I, I, I just thought, well, I'll just go for it and see what happens. I said, look, this is what I see. I said, I, I can see a large rock and a sword just coming and separating off a section of this. And um, does that make any sense to you? And the guy says, oh, I know exactly what that means. And he was a pastor of a large church. It was 2,000 people uh, with this large rock. And for over a year and a half, God had been speaking to him about separating off a whole group of the people from the church to go and plant in one of these townships and telling him to separate a group out, and he'd been resisting and resisting and resisting because he wanted the big church rather than, you know, smaller church plants. And, uh, and then I come from out of the blue. doesn't make any sense to me, but he understands immediately, immediately what it means. Another way which God speaks to us is, is clearly through... Um, not only meditating in the, in the Scripture, but by reading it prophetically. Um, we had a, and this may happen to you in worship times. We had a, in the church in Woking, we had one of the elders who I would say his main gifting was prophetic, but the way he operated in it was just to take a passage of the Bible and he would read it in a way which was, was electric. Though the fig tree does not blossom, 
Though there's no fruit on the vine, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. And he would read probably half a dozen verses or two or three verses, and it would be in the moment, it would be absolutely electric. Now, some people get up and they, they have, a, um, have a reading, and, and to be honest, they do not know when to start and they don't know when to stop. And it, it go on, and they, they got the first verse, and they think, oh, well, it's too short, so maybe I should add some more. And they keep going and going and going. And to be honest, it becomes like a screw which loses its cut. It goes round and round and round. In the end, they get bored, and other people get bored. Don't do that. Just, just at the, if you bring something, just ask God for, a, at, the most, at the most, half a dozen verses which are in life and power. And to bring them, and he used to do this, and it was all, you thought, oh, great, is Richard coming to the microphone with a reading? Some people come to the microphone, you think, oh, I dread this. Some get up there, you think, wow, this is going to be brilliant. And uh, he would read something, it would be, it'd bring the place alive. You felt you wanted to applaud at the end of it, because it gripped everyone, it was anointed, it arrested it. Do you know what I mean? I know you do. So if that's you... Ask God just for a few verses. It doesn't have to be half the Bible. And, <laughs> and bring it with life and in the flavor of what uh, the passage is in. If it's joyful, don't bring it like a dirge, you know. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, you know. Then bring it with life. Bring it as though you actually mean it. And um, I... Let's ask God for more and more and more of his word. I love the word of God. So let, this is one of the ways that he speaks powerfully to us through his word again and again and again. So ask God. Maybe that's your, your portion to bring a prophetic reading, um, just a few verses. And uh, that's a way which that can happen. Another way which God speaks to us is by seeing words. Does anybody here ever, ever see words? Anybody else? Sheila, you nodded. Did you? You didn't nod. She didn't nod, okay. <laughs> All right, anybody see words? I can sometimes, what's your name? Catherine. Catherine. Do you want to tell us, Catherine, what you see? Uh, go on, we're all learning. There's no right or wrong. We're just learning together. You might. You see a word in your mind's eye, okay? And do you see that over somebody's life, or do you see that um, for yourself, or you're not sure? More often for myself, but I want to be quite close. Okay. All right. More often for herself, but once or twice for other people. I sometimes see words written over people's, over their forehead, or over their, their chest. Um, I can just see different words written over people, and that's one of the, one of the things which happens to me. Um, doesn't always happen. Sometimes it happens a lot. Other times it's just one or two words. I told you last week, didn't I, about the guy who came to my office, and uh, he, wanted to plant, he wanted to go to Singapore and start a business. I saw the word Australia written across his foot his forehead and he talked about Singapore, Singapore, Singapore and I said why don't you go to Australia <laughs> and he looked at me as I was crazy but it's because I could see this word across his head and he's, he's a dear friend of mine, he's in Australia, he's set up a great business and what have you, it's because I saw this word 
written, written across his head. That may happen to you. Another way which God speaks to us is through dreams. Now, probably we all have dreams most nights. Most of my dreams aren't worth <laughs> knowing about. And I'm either being murdered or, murdered or, doing, or falling off a cliff or going around. A, or my favorite one <laughs> is going into my exams at university. And I, I know I haven't done enough work. <laughs> and I, sort of, I relive that. Now, I've asked this before. Does anybody else have that dream? Because one or two are oh, right. <laughs> because I've found a few who have that, and so I, I've learned that. But, but very few dreams um, that I've had have been God-given, but I have had some. And the way you know the difference between a God-given dream is that it stays with you very powerfully. You just know, you know, you think, and it stays with you and you live it, and you, you, can, you can almost see it again and again. So let me give you an example. Well, would somebody else like to give an example? Who, who, has, who has dreams? All right, then, Duncan, go for it. Um, I've had a few, but, um, so I'll just choose one at random. Uh, I had one uh, before I was a Christian, interestingly, and um, I'd never been to church, and uh, I had a dream. But, oh, uh, just back up a little bit. That that day was the first day I prayed to God. That's quite important. Um, I, I just decided I wasn't very happy as a teenager and I just got down on my knees and said, God, if you're there, help me. And that's all I did. And that night, I had a dream that I was walking into this building that was shaped like a cross. And when I got to the bit where it crossed, all this light came down on my head and I was taken up into heaven and a voice behind me said my name and I turned around and I saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. But I didn't know that it was Jesus, because a voice said in my head, before I turned round, I heard the voice, and before I could turn round, the voice, um, a, a, a thought came in my head and just said, um, uh, you can't see the face of God. So I turned round, I saw this figure at the right hand of God, and another voice said to me, he's a great high priest. And then I tried to look at the one sat on the throne. There was a, a, a man sat on the throne, but I couldn't see his face, and I kept trying to see his face, and and as I tried to look at his face, all this light and rainbows came out, and I fell into eternity. And then I woke up. And, uh, and that was four, 40 years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow, wonderful. Amazing. Very good. Yeah, very good. I've never had a dream like that. Well done. Does anybody else have <laughs> had a dream? Yep. What's this gentleman? What's your name? Sorry? Rob? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a dream from a long time ago, a bit like Duncan's. Um, I'd first become a Christian at an evangelical free church. And uh, I was starting to read the Bible, and uh, it was sort of like you're reading stuff for the first time, um, taking stuff maybe out of context. And I remember going to uh, reading one night, we were a small child, so my wife used to go to bed early and I would sit up and read and and uh, this thought was going through my head sort of during this time of Bible reading. So I, I didn't pray when I went to bed, but during the night I had this dream that I was walking across the back bedroom, which was one of my children's bedrooms, and I came to a window. And I looked out of the window and I was sort of, I don't know, contemplating stuff. 
And then while I was doing that, it was sort of like the the cloud that was there. It didn't seem like it was a cloud, but it, it parted. And it was like a bright light. And then this bright light seemed to have a hand behind it, which held this bright light down and enveloped me. And um, I, I've been unstoppable as a Christian since. Well, I've come and gone a bit, but nothing can shake me because I believe, although I didn't understand at the time, I was baptised in the Spirit that day, and um, which gave me a faith which not many have, I think. Um, and um, I, I mean, as you said, I, you cannot forget the dream. It is, I mean, I dream every night. I can never remember the first thing in the morning. But I certainly remember that one. It was fantastic. Most, well, I think God-given dreams are dreams that you are very vivid and they stay with you. Most dreams you just forget about. You don't know what you dreamt. Um, let me give you two examples. Firstly, from uh, one from a guy in Hastings, a dear friend of mine. He was offered, he was offered a very good job, but he had to move to another part of the country for this job, and he wasn't sure whether he should take it or not, and I didn't know, he came to talk to me about it. The night before, he went for the interview, and they offered him the job, but the night before he had to make a decision, he had a very clear dream, and this is what he dreamt. He, he, saw, he just saw a room which was crawling with poisonous spiders, and he just knew that he shouldn't go in there, and he felt, he woke up and he said, I just feel that God is warning me in a dream, don't go there. And uh, he phoned them up and he said, I can't, I'm sorry, you've offered me the job, but I'm actually going to have to say no. He said, I feel God has shown me that I'm not to do this. And they thought he was crazy, but it turned out to be the right thing. For me, this is a dream which happened, and I, I didn't understand it at all, and I dismissed it until about two months later. I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you two dreams I've had. One dream I had... Uh, um, I was in a church meeting, and I was talking to people. I saw my wife come into the meeting at the back, and I looked up, and I saw, saw my wife, and I knew that I took her for granted. I knew that I didn't appreciate her for all that she does. I knew that she'd always be around. She's always there because she is very loyal, lovely, you know, gorgeous girl. But I knew, I knew that I was took her for granted, and I actually despised myself in the dream. I thought, you miserable so-and-so, Steve Brading. And I actually had, I woke up and I had to apologize. I said, honey, I'm sorry that I've taken you too much for granted, that you'll always, always be around. That, by the way, there's someone here tonight who registers with that. And uh, you need to say to your wife, I'm sorry, I've taken you for granted. There's at least two people here. You need to appreciate your wife more than you do. It's God-given partner who you'll be eternally grateful for. So I had to apologize for, to her. The second dream that I had, <clears throat> which was a very strange dream, I, I dreamt that I got in my car, I drove into, a, into a, a car park, I got out of my car, I locked the car, and as I walked away, the car park opened up and swallowed my car, and then closed over. That's what I dreamt. And I walked away, and it was living with me in the morning. I thought, what on earth does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? What did it mean? And I, I, really, I really didn't know what it means. I think it's for somebody here tonight as well. I'll explain it in a minute. I didn't understand it. Totally, 
Didn't understand it at all. Until I went to Stonely Bible Week, and I was doing one of the seminars, and in this seminar, it came back to me powerfully. The minute it came to me, I knew exactly what it meant. And this is what it meant. And I told the people, this is what it meant. I said that somebody has invested in either a project or some education or something. They've gone down a certain path, and it's as though the whole lot's just been swallowed up, and you've got nothing left to show for it. And 14 people responded. One guy had gone to Ireland to plant a church, and it had all closed up. <clears throat> somebody else had spent four or five years training to be a, a lawyer, and, and suddenly the whole thing just closed up. They couldn't do it. They had to change their career totally and train to be a nurse. Somebody else had invested in something, and it just, it just been swallowed up. Somebody else had got into a, a relationship, or and it, the whole lot had disappeared. Fourteen people, and they were, they were deeply, deeply in agony about things which they'd given their heart and soul to, and the whole lot had just disappeared. And I ended up at Stonely praying for about two hours with these people who really were in, in deep distress over areas where this, this one girl now, I can think, where she'd spent years studying to be a lawyer, but it just wouldn't open up. And in the end, she had to retrain and be a nurse. I feel that this is for someone here tonight, too, who realized who feels that they've invested in a particular project and they've, got, they've actually got nothing left to show for it. I won't embarrass you unless you want to put up your hand, but if somebody registers with that, then I'll happily pray with you at the end. Okay? Then I would say um, another way which God speaks to us, um, and this probably happens to many people here, is just by impressions. How many ever get the impression that they should go and speak to a person, go and phone somebody up, go and write a letter, just drop over and see somebody or visit? How many get that? Go on, because that, that would be a lot of people. Let me say this to you. If ever you get a sense of prompting or impression to do something, go with it with all your heart. Just do it. Just do it. Because that's learning to obey the voice of God. And as you do that, you will grow more and more and more. The reason, I, I'll tell you this, the reason I mentioned the word arthritis tonight is because I walked into a shop the other day and the minute I walked through the door, the word arthritis came to me. I said to the lady, I said, have you got, who was sitting at the desk, I said, uh, have you got a problem with arthritis? And she said, no. So I thought... <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, but, I, I, but, I, but I logged it away um, because I, I felt God was saying, I will show you. And um, that's one of the reasons I brought it up here tonight. It's probably it's a, it's just a teaching thing that even the we ourselves, you know, we're, we're learning. We all prophesy by part. No one's got it all together. I certainly haven't. Never have had. Not likely to have. <laughs> you know, we're all learning. I've got a very big L plate. My... Um, professor at, Univers at uh, Bible College, who used to have a big L plate on his door, made me feel very comfortable <laughs> because we're all learners, aren't we? We're all learners. I remember one day that we were in a, in a lesson, someone said, turn to the book of Haggai, and he couldn't, he couldn't find this book, and he <laughs> felt rather embarrassed. And he was the uh, 
professor at the Bible College. Why am I telling you this? So impressions, obey the promptings and the impressions that you get. And you do, again, you do not have to be a big shot for this. You really don't. You, any, we can all have impressions. This is an impression like I had. And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm telling you too many of my stories. I'm happy to hear yours. I'd been saved for about a year, and then I went to Bible college. While I was at Bible college, one morning I was just praying, and I, I just felt God just say to me the most weird thing, that I was to write to my friend that I used to be at school. I was to write not to him, but to his little sister, Julie. Now, all I can remember is Julie was a silly little girl, you know, and she used to annoy us, you know, we were the sort of, the sort of teens, 14, 15, you know, she was about nine or 10 and always used to come around a bit annoying, really, and um, all I could remember, but I knew her name, Julie, and I just felt God just saying to me, I was to write to her and send her a little book for your need. And I just sensed she was in trouble. I just sensed, I, I, I don't know where you are, Julie. I haven't spoken to you for probably about 12 years. I don't know where you are, where you're living, what you're doing. But uh, all is I can remember, all is I know is that you're in some sort of need. I've become a Christian and I believe Jesus wants to help you. Well, I never heard a, another thing for about six weeks. And then suddenly one day I get this letter and it's from Julie. And she said, Mum and Dad and I are absolutely shocked. How on earth did you know I was in need? She said, I started going out with a boy that I liked but didn't like that much. And she said, I found myself pregnant. And she said, so I did the honourable thing. She said, I, I married him for the sake of the child. And she said, although I wasn't really in love with him, I married him. And she said, and then the child was born and died. And now she was locked into a marriage which she didn't really want and had a baby who just died. And she said, and your letter arrived on the day of the funeral of the child for your need. I haven't been saved long. I'm no big shot. But it's just God just speaking into our soul. Just write to somebody, contact somebody, do something. And we can all be prophetic. Go and speak to your neighbor. Go and talk to your neighbor. Go and touch this person. Go and speak to them. This is, this is how we reach a lost world. We obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. I was in, in um, the supermarket, and uh, the lady in front of me, she's got a, a shopping trolley, and she's got this card on top of this card. It's a beautiful, beautiful card. And I, I just found myself saying, wow, what a beautiful card. And as I say, said this, the lady who bought this car, she just burst into tears. So I thought, gracious me, and there was a girl, you know, doing all the stuff at the till, and this lady burst into tears. And I, I said, what a beautiful car, who's that for? She says, it's, a, it's for, for, for my husband, he's, a, he's just died, she said. And she said, I miss him so much. And she says, I, I just want to remember his birthday because it's today and you know it's a card I just miss him so much and suddenly there's this lady pouring all this out at the checkout of going through Sainsbury's or wherever it was 
Waitrose, I think. And uh, she's pouring her heart out. Now, God is giving us promptings and initiative and just impressions just to reach a lost and needy world. Because that's what he wants us to do. I went into Costa's with my son, Simon. And somebody had sent me in the morning, uh, they'd sent me a text, and it had an emoji on it, and the emoji was a heart, but it had a, like a, a, a bolt of lightning going through it, which split in two, and I didn't really understand it was, but I'd never seen that before, and it, it stayed with me. I went into, into Costa's with Simon, and there was a lady sitting there on her own, and she had two walking sticks. And I just felt myself just move with compassion. I said, oh, are you okay? And so she looked at me. She says, no, not really. She said, uh, she said, I'm, she said I, I'm, I'm numb in my right leg. My whole right leg it feels numb. And she said, and as I was walking along, she said, I stumbled, and she said, on, on that leg. And she said, I fell over. Oops. She said, I, I fell over and broke the other one. And so you think, oh, my word. And so here she is on her own in Costa's. And she's got two walking sticks. So I said, look, do you mind if I pray? Pray with my wife. So she says, no. She said, I'd love that. Please do. And so I laid my hand on her. And as I, the minute I laid my hand on her, I saw this emoji of a heart with a crack right through it. And I, I just felt God was just saying to me, she's broken hearted. And so I said, uh, I, are you broken hearted about something? She just started to cry. She said, my husband's just died. So you, she's in Costa's on her own. She's in her 80s. She's got one leg which is numb, one which is broken. Her husband's just died. And suddenly, Christian comes in. God just says, just pray with her or just pray. It wasn't even, it was just a prompting, really, just pray with her. This happens to all of us. It's actually how God wants to meet your neighbours, your family, Hailsham, just by us obeying the simple promptings of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Write to them, phone them, take them a bunch of flowers, just encourage them. I phoned my neighbour up today, he's had some terrible news. I was out walking, just phoned him up, David, how are you doing? He said, oh, Steve, we're out for a walk. He said, can I meet you at the top of the road? Next door neighbor, she fell over on, on the ice the other day, taking the dog for a walk. Her husband was away, broke her arm. Ruth ran there to pray with her. He said, I'm praying for you. These people are everywhere. And God just wants to use simple promptings, simple impressions, so that, and this is how we learn to grow in the prophetic, so that we, we step out in a very simple way. And as we do, that God will bless us. Ruth told me tonight, she, I'll tell you the story. She was a bit upset tonight, actually. And um, the reason she's upset is because one of her friends said she would go to the Alpha course and she'd bring her husband. And Ruth went to, to pick her up and then her friend never turned up. And so she never turned up. And then she says, oh, I, I think I'll be able to come next week. She's just made an excuse. Um, but she also was at work today and she prayed for another pray for another person who had a bad foot. And she said the minute she started to pray for her foot, she said the, 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 the nurse just broke down and wept and wept and wept. And she said, I, t I told you she'd be like that. She'd just be kind and caring.
There's a world out there which is hostile, angry, bitter, resentful, always wanting to blame somebody else for everything. Come on, beloved, let's go with the compassion of Jesus and just move with the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Pray with one another, care for one another. And the prophetic gifting is given so that we can do that. Obey the promptings, obey, obey just a, a nudge from the Holy Spirit. Just, just go with it. Blow, you think, oh, I'm a bit scared. We're all scared. Just have a go. There's a needy, desperate world outside. Can you say amen? amen. Right, I'm going to get you doing some stuff because uh, you've had enough of me. Prophetic utterance are just words that um, you bring. Um, I believe that God is saying this to us. And uh, sometimes they're words of encouragement felt deep within inside of you. And as you bring the word, then God gives you more to go with it. There's also being quiet and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's a good thing to do. Just practice listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what meditating in the word will do. You're just, just sitting there letting the Holy Spirit speak into your soul and whisper things into your soul. Then another, another way, and we're going to... We're going to do some practice now. Another way is when God says to Jeremiah, he said, what do you see? And quite often, God will speak prophetically through what we see. So with Jeremiah, he said, um, Jeremiah, what do you see? Now, Jeremiah was in the kitchen at the time. And he said, I can see a pot of boiling water on the, on the cooker. And God said to him, you have done very well. Now prophesy this that as boiling water pours out, so the judgments of God are going to scold through this land because the people have not obeyed me. So that's what he did. Then he said to him again in chapter 1, verse 13, he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I can, I can see a, a branch of a tree. <laughs> that's not too difficult, is it? I can see a branch of a tree. And God said to him, you've done very well. You've seen very well. Now say to Israel, this, this, and this. Then he said to him, Jeremiah, um, go down to the greengrocers. What do you see? He said, well, I can see a, a basket of good figs and a basket of bad figs. God says, you've done very well. Say to Israel, some of you are like the good ones and some of you are rotten to the core. Jeremiah, what do you see? Go down to the potter's house. What can you see? I can see him working with the clay. That's very good. You have got to be like soft clay in the, hands of a, in the hands of the potter. Jeremiah, take off your underpants. That's what God said to him. Take off your loincloth and bury it. So that's what he did. Came back six months later. God said to him, now, Jeremiah, dig up your underpants or your loincloth. What do you see? <laughs> and his loincloth had been eaten with worms and moths and maggots. And uh, he said, I can see my loincloth, it's ruined. <laughs> it's eaten with moths and rats and all sorts of things. And God says, you've seen very well. Now say to the nation Israel, that's just what you're like, a ruined garment. Zachariah, what do you see? I can see a, a branch of a candlestick. I can see a flying scroll. Great, well done. Now say to Israel this. So one of the ways that God speaks to us is through what we actually see. What do you see? 
what do you see? And we're going to do a little exercise here now, because you've heard enough of me by now. What do you actually see? So what we're going to do is this. We're going to put our Bibles down. We're not talking to anybody. We're going to walk around the room. We're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us through anything that we see. So you may see um, a microphone. And God may be saying, I'm going to amplify your voice. You may see a, a, a lead and God may say to you, you're not plugged in. <laughs> I, I'm just making these up. So, you, Oh, here we go. <laughs> what do you see? <laughs> Got the microphone here. It, what, do you, what do you see? You may say, I'm not going to say too much. You may say, I can see a glass full of water. And God may speak to you out of that, say, I'm going to refresh your soul. Or I'm going to pour you out to other people or I'm whatever. I want us to, um, do you all understand what I'm saying? Everyone understand? So we're going to pray and then I, no talking. I want you to walk around the room and look at anything. Look at the lights, look at the map at the back, look at the drums, look at the instruments, the chairs, one another and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you through what you see. Are you all ready? Stand please. Lift your hands to God. Yes. We pray, Lord, that you would come upon us and uh, just teach us. Allow the Holy Spirit just to come and speak into our hearts through what we actually see around the room. I do pray, and I pray that you bless this people now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we wander around the room and ask the Holy Spirit for your eye to land on a particular object or thing, and then just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you um, and find out what is he saying to you. Um, that's it, really. <laughs> okay, so buzz around. You don't have to stay in rows. Great, okay. How many of you have felt that God spoke to them through anything? Oh, okay, quite a lot, all right. Who'd like, who'd like to have a go then? Who'd like to go and tell us what they, they felt? What's your name, my friend? Vince. Vince. Ah, oh, Vince, the chess <laughs> champion. That's better. Yeah, I, well, it seems quite obvious what I saw. I saw lots of people all looking around for something and none of them had a clue what they were looking for. <laughs> I felt, that, I felt the Lord was saying there's a whole town out there and a whole country and a whole world of people looking for something and not one of them knows what they're looking for. Very, very good. Have you, sorry, have you finished? <laughs> yeah, make up some more. <laughs> yeah, no, no that, that was very good. I felt the same, I felt the very similar thing. Well done. Well done, Vince. Checkmate. <laughs> Who would else like to, like to go? Kathy, sorry. Catherine, yeah. Catherine. 
Yeah, so I, as I was looking around, saw the windows at the back here with the uh, the backs of the posters um, from the kids in. Um, just reminded of how the the different poster pieces look like flags, um, and white flag of surrendered a sense of there is a real power in surrender and as there are many surrenders whether it's in one person's life or across a church as there is a pattern of surrender that blocks out the darkness it covers the darkness and the black behind it, it yeah covers it over with that white flag speaking to you that you had to surrender Probably. <laughs> All right. Okay. Very good. Yep, very good. So when we surrender, it's a place of humility. The, the, the devil has no answer to total humility. Total humility. Scares the pants off him, you know. It, um, a s humility and surrender to unto God. The devil has no answer for it at all. Well done. Very good. Yes, sorry. Yeah, lovely. If you can stand. Yeah, stand and... Yeah. Um, well, as soon as we started praying, well, as soon as you sort of got us to stand up, the word door came to me, and door, the door. And uh, it, as I walked around, it didn't mean anything until I got over there. And the double doors are wide open. And uh, it was sort of like, well, Phil um, the Church of Philadelphia, where God tells the church if there's an open door that no one can shut and that came straight to me so, so what did you feel did you I felt well there may maybe as an open door for me that something that I can walk through or maybe just for the church there's an open door there's a world out there, world out there waiting, that waiting. Okay. so a bit like what Vince brought so it's both yeah and the church yeah so will you do that do you think I will Great, wonderful. Great, that's a really good word. Excellent. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Um, I saw a, a cup knocked over, and I couldn't see what the contents were, but what uh, the symbol was that it had contained water, and that's uh, something that someone had put by to sustain them, because water obviously is sustaining to life. And uh, what came to me was that someone has... Uh, had uh, something that sustains their life suddenly dashed away. So they've lost something seriously in their life. But the Lord would say, I will restore what the locust has eaten. Okay. All right. Very good. Does that make sense to anybody? As I was looking around, I saw the signs on the back, that wall under the clock, and immediately God showed me it was like being on a plane where they do the, the exits here and here and I said to God what's this mean it means there's someone here that's been putting off God calling them to get on a plane and fly somewhere mission wise and he's wanting you to just go for it okay does that make sense to anybody does anybody feel that God's stirring them to go somewhere get on a plane and go somewhere you do are you to go somewhere okay all right be be very good I don't know your name Maureen, it'd be very good for you to pray with Andy, Rob, with Rob at the end. Well done, thank you, thank you for that. Come my friend, come up here with me. 
Uh, I felt like the air conditioning, like to spread God's word, like like to out to a room to like spread it clean and make sure they feel the freshness of God. Superb, excellent, well done, well done. How old are you, my friend? Twelve. Well done. That's brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, well done. It's what we need is a genera- yeah, generation of young people spread the word of God like clean air. That's what our nation needs. It's what Hailsham needs, what Hassex needs, it's what Sussex needs, it's what we, we need. Well, God is stirring us to do that. It's interesting how many words are coming up. Go, spread the word. It's often on the same theme, isn't it? Anybody else? Okay. Oh, let's start here. Sorry. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah. <coughs> then could you pass it to Andy? Um, excuse me. <clears throat> I saw the uh, winder for those very large curtains over there. It's a very, very long winder. And uh, so um, it was a vision of persevering, um, keep pulling the rope until it opens the curtains. But two things really important. One is that it's got a security thing on the bottom of it. So there is only one way that you can actually pull those curtains. Uh, you're guided the whole way. And um, the second was that actually at the end of that, pulling the curtain, uh, the curtain is opening and revealing. And I just felt it was a picture of Christian life, really, um, for all of us that we all need to continue to persevere to follow Jesus, but um, we're guided and we're revealing his glory. Thank you very much. Yes, very good. Yes, very good. And Rob? That's all right, don't worry, Andy, yeah. Um, my eyes were drawn, eventually, <laughs> to one of the bins. And I thought, what's that about? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But I've really felt God say that there's, and I felt it was specifically for a man, that there's something in their life that they know they need to bin that's in the way of their Christian walk. Something that they have... They know they need to just screw up like a bit of paper and throw it in the bin and stop. I don't know if it's a stronghold or a, 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 a situation in their work life. I'm not sure what it is, but I just felt there was something specific. I saw the skip outside and had exactly the same thing. The skip in the car. Had, did you share that with one another before? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not hiding anything, you two together, are you? (laughs) (coughs) Adding to that, I was staring at the hoovers at the back and just looking at them and thinking, you know, you don't see dust, do you, when it's around? But it's just a sense of um, we need to hoover, we need to clean up. And so it's all in the theme of cleansing, yeah? What I, what I would say, if if you identify with any of these words, you you know these uh, folks you know, better than I do, go and say to them, look, I I identify with that, I need to get rid of something, would you just pray for me? And um, that that would be helpful. Otherwise we, you know, we just play at it, don't we? (laughs) Anybody else? Let's have another couple. This lady, what's your name, love? Annie. 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 Come on, Annie. Do you mind if I stay sat? You can stay sat. You can. Um, I couldn't take my eyes off the signs at the back, which say, please... I can't read it now, but it's about the ramp. There's a warning, and then underneath it says apologising for the inconvenience. 
And I sort of thought for our Christian life, we are bringing a warning. That's what we're, we're telling people. We don't need to apologize for it. And sometimes I, I can find myself sort of almost apologizing whilst I tell somebody something. And you know, we don't need to apologize. No, very good. For who no, Jesus we don't need is. to apologize for the gospel. Because we do need to bring the warning because they're in trouble out there. Totally, 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 totally. Brilliant. Okay, let's. So we said one more. There we go. We've got all the stars tonight going for it. Um, I saw this like green thing over there, and then yeah, I don't really know. It just reminded me of grass, and I felt like God was saying um, to uh, hold fast and grow. Very good. That's yeah. That's really good. So green like the grass. Hold fast and grow. Wonderful. Really good. You lot are doing doing superb. One other person. Come on then. I had. Um, it was the door. <laughs> the door. The door. And I was and it was closed when I went over there. And I was thinking, what is it about God? What are you trying to say here? And as somebody walked towards it, it opened. And I felt what God was saying is that, that I don't know whether it's for someone here, but there's the door, it feels as though the door is closed, but they need to walk towards it and it will be open for them and they can move forward. Okay. Let's just, okay. Can I just ask, does that register with anybody here? It's as though you're moving towards a door which appears to be closed, and, um, but as you get to it, it will open. You won't know that because you haven't got there yet, but it's like you're sort of pushing at a door which it, it appears it's closed at the moment to you. Does that make sense to anybody, all right? This lady, two people here. Would you like to pray for them at the end? You can link yourselves up with one another. I just follow on from that because my eyes were drawn to the exit sign and it's, it's green and there's a man walking and I felt the Lord saying, it's okay to walk out. We haven't got red light as church. We need to be walking out. Can you walk out to do what? To to spread the word, to be with people. To so the themes which have come through, and it's come through to many of you, is, is about going, you know, a lot of people lost, wandering around, not knowing where they're, what they're doing. Um, that's how the world is out there. And again, the open door, the open door, go, go, go. And it's come through many times and also about um, getting rid of stuff, cleaning, cleaning things up. So that's all come from you. That's nothing to do with me, and that's what the Holy Spirit has been teaching you. So what I'm trying to do is just to try and get you to uh, familiarize yourself more and more with hearing the voice of God speak, because that really is the foundation for how any prophetic gifting, any gifting works. Now, are you up for a bit more adventure, or do, you, do we need to finish? What time do we need to have finished, don't we? What time do we? All right. All right. Are you all right? Are you all right for five minutes? All right. Okay, this, this is going to totally blow your fuses. All right. <clears throat> get, with some, get with somebody you don't know that well and go for it quickly. Not your husband or wife. Hopefully you know them, all right? <laughs> get with someone you don't know very well at all in the church. Just find someone... Go. <clears throat>
If you can't find someone, I'll find someone for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> has, has everybody got... Is anybody without a partner? Put your hand up if you're without a partner. Come this, come over here to me if you're without a partner. I will find you one. Doesn't mean to say you've got to marry them or something or stay with them. Jane in? Okay. Right, so you two together. One, and this lady. Hello. You and my friend there. Two. Everyone paired up. Okay. <clears throat> now, one of you is going to be A. Put up your hand if you are an A, just one of you. Right. The other one is going to be B. <laughs> all right. So let me see all the A's. Let me see all the B's. Right, the A's are to pray for the B, <laughs> all right, and you're to ask God to give to you a character which you feel would, uh, the other person would identify with, a character from the Bible, all right, not from the movies, but... Uh, <laughs> Not James Bond or something. I know you lots. I know you lots. So a character from the Bible, and just <laughs> and just pray and ask God, um, and then say to them, "This is the character I feel just to share with you, and um, see where you go." All right, off you go. Go. Great. Okay, because our time's nearly gone. So, would anyone like to um, anyone like to share around what's happened? Anybody? Come on then, Sheila. You're going to tell us. So, sorry, I can't hear. Let's give you the mic. No, the. Hello. Right, the character that. Okay, Sheila's on the air. Well, I don't really know Andrew, but um, Mickey Mouse kept coming to <laughs> Mickey Mouse? I was greatly honoured. Is, is that in the Bible? <laughs> what, what are you teaching here, Simon? What are you teaching? <laughs> what, are you doing at, what are you doing at Sundays? <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Oh, well, okay. So... <laughs> Yes, my love, gone. I prayed for Philippa, and I had um, Esther came to mind, and that um, that she was put here for such a time as this, and that maybe something a bit challenging is coming up, and God's put her in just where He wants her to be at this specific time. Who is Philippa? That, now, let me ask you: Does that make sense to you, Philippa? It does. Can yes. you? Yes. Sorry. It does. 
Okay. Yes, yes. And did you pray the other way round? I did, but we didn't get very far. You didn't I get very far. I, no, Ruth we're... came, but then you, we sort of ended it before I yeah, I ended it further. before you had time to finish. Yes, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, do blame me. It's most, it's, I normally get blamed for most things, but yeah, no, I'm very happy with that. Anybody else like to share? I'm going to ask you, Sheila, to get a Bible character. <laughs> do you... Did you think, Mickey? <laughs> um, yeah, so I got a picture of um, Jonathan, um, and I just felt uh, like for Josiah that there was a, a friend in his life, um, a, a David in his life, essentially, who just needs real trust and reliance, um, and actually he's going to be that trust to him. Um, and obviously David, Jonathan essentially put his life at risk for um, David, um, not saying you can be putting your life at risk, but uh, just I, um, but yeah, um, just as a really good friend in your life that's just gonna need your need your trust and your help. And does that make sense to you? It does. Okay. All right. Lovely. Uh, let's just have one more then, and then we've then we're done. Let's try one who hasn't spoken yet. Come at the back. Yes. Okay. Shout, yes, no, you. You're waiting for a mic. Uh, thank you. So I, I prayed for Ian. Uh, well, Ian prayed for me first. Um, but while Ian was praying for me, I actually got the word for him. Um, and it was a really, really clear impression of the prophet Micah. But I have absolutely no idea why. I know nothing about the prophet Micah <laughs> other than it was absolutely given to me for Ian for him to reflect on and think about. Does that make any sense to you, Ian? <laughs> You've never heard of the prophet Micah. I, I think I've got some homework to do. Sorry, yeah. you got some. Ah, maybe that's it. The prophet Micah. That'd be okay. Right. Okay. We had um, Vince. You wanted to say what? What was the word that uh, you had from? Do you say it louder? Yeah, Barney said Jonah for me, and when I think back over my long distant past, I was running away from God, very, very obviously running away from God, and I, I sort of see that in hindsight, I didn't see it at the time. Um, but then I turned to God, and now I follow him. Really, well done. Excellent, and well done. That's terrific. Paul's going to um, just share a healing and uh, then we kind of call it a day. Yeah, I just wanted to say that today for me has been a great day of encouragement and healing. It's what we focused on in our life group this morning. And the reason we were late this evening was because I got a phone call uh, from my friend Jean, Jean Stokely. Some one or two of you know her. She was one of the original members of the church, but she lives in Eastbourne now and goes to King's Church. And she rang me about several things. But uh, we have a mu another friend, a mutual friend at, at Eastbourne, Lynn, um, who's going through a very difficult time. Her husband's in hospital, he's got dementia. Um, and then a few days ago, Lynn had an accident in her car and the airbag didn't work. So she fell forward and damaged her chest and um, has been in a lot of pain over the last few days. Anyway, they were at a meeting at King's this morning and Lynn asked for, for her prayer. For prayer. Um, one of the elders uh, prayed for her, anointed her with oil, 
and she has been healed completely free of pain, Jean was telling me. Right. It's brilliant, isn't it? <coughs> We're done, folks, and uh, you realise there's a lot to get through. All I'm trying to do is just to get you to be familiar with some of the ways which God speaks. These aren't all of them. There are loads of ways, but we're gradually trying to learn and be adventurous. Don't forget, go out the door, take the, take, tell the world. They're waiting to hear. Amen. God bless you.